Hi, my name's Scott Thomas, and this is the third episode of my brand new podcast, Learning As I Go. And today I am joined by the incredible Commando Charlie. And when I say to you right now that this story is going to blow your mind, I'm not exaggerating. Commando is one of our fitness leaders at Food for Thoughts, and he's helping us to change people's lives every single day by teaching them how to live a happier and healthier lifestyle. But Commando Charlie is living proof of just that. Charlie has gone from being in the Marines to looking after some of the wealthiest people in the world to serving over five years in prison. It was that dark moment that led Charlie to turning his whole life around because it led to his personal development and growth. This story is one to remember. So get ready to learn as we go and enjoy the episode. Commando Charlie, welcome to my podcast. How are you, brother? Mate, I'm amazing. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Honestly, mate, I'm really excited about this conversation because you have got one seriously incredible but inspiring story as well, mate. And um, I can't wait for everyone to hear about this. But first of all, just to give everyone a little bit of a background, I've known Commando Charlie for a couple of years now. I met you at a different boot camp Um I think, where was it, in Presswich at one point? That's right. You used to come to my uh, focus class in Ratcliffe. That's right. And um, you really stood out to me from the moment I met you, Charlie, in terms of your motivation, your presence, and the way that you could hold a room and really bring out the best in people. And then obviously over time now, I've brought you on board with Food for Thoughts as well. You are heading up our fitness and you are helping to change lives with all of our members and keeping everyone super motivated. And obviously we're doing our big boot camps. We just did our live one at Traffic Centre as well. So I'm just really grateful to have you in my life, Charlie, because you are seriously inspiring. But Today, I want to sort of touch on an element of you, Charlie, that not many people know about, right? You've got a really sort of interesting past that's kind of led you to where you are now. And you've been through some dark moments as well, right? And you've learned some serious, um, some serious lessons from some big mistakes in your life. And I wanted to kind of touch on that. But I wanted to really start, Charlie, by just saying like, how have your biggest mistakes in life, how have your darkest moments kind of defined you as a person? So... My biggest mistake in life, it was a mistake that came with severe consequences. So I was at a bad place at the time and I was at a low point and I agreed to do something and I got caught and I got caught with a substantial amount of drugs. That then later turned into a 10-year prison sentence. Wow. So I had to do five years inside. So basically I hit rock bottom. I lost everything, my whole career in close protection, living and operating amongst the super rich or super famous, all that was gone. I literally had to start again from scratch. So my biggest mistake on the flip side was my biggest time and the most time that I found self-growth and development. It gave me nothing but time to reassess, reevaluate who I was as a person, what makes me happy. And there's a saying that goes, people don't know how strong they are until that's the only choice you have. So going inside and in prison, The only choice that I had was, look, I can either dwell on it, not accept it, feel sorry for myself, be down, miserable and depressed, or I can learn, I can grow, I can use it to my advantage, adopt a positive mindset and come through the other side. And that mistake has obviously led me to where I am now 
doing things with you, the Commando Charlie as a brand, and it's helped me grow so much and develop. Wow. That is, first of all, fair play to you, Charlie, for turning such a difficult time and, and being really honest about it as well, because that must have seriously affected you at the time. To do a five-year prison sentence, I can't even imagine what that would be like. But also, it's really hard for me to sort of grasp that, like sort of knowing you. And I know straight away, certain people might judge you, Charlie, like straight away from saying, all right, you got arrested for drugs and everything else. But let's go back to the start, Charlie, right? Let's go back. You talked about being in the military and be, doing close protection. Let's talk about that story and how it led you to where you are, just so people can understand the situation that you got in. So as you know, Scott, I'm very honest. I'll own the success stories and my highs as well as I'll own my mistakes. I'm the first. I do not hide from my past. I'll tell anybody anything that they ask. But going back to that, so if people judge me from that, they won't know everything I've gone through beforehand. So age 16, I left Sunderland. I joined the Royal Marines. So I started training to become a Royal Marines commando. Wow. Out of 56 people who joined the training, only 11 people made it to the end. So me, I was the youngest recruit at the time to go through training amongst guys that were stronger, fitter, even better in the field than me. But I had something else. I was mentally strong. Now, one of my proudest achievements of my life was that Green Beret, having passed the Royal Marines training. But second to that, not many people know, I received a determination award because I was the youngest. I wasn't the best soldier or the fittest. However, I had something. I had that determination to not give in, to keep going to fight. Now, that's something that's been ingrained in me from such a young age that still lives with me to this day. Where does that come from, that determination? When you say it's ingrained into you, where does that come from? So it's basically, it's I put it down to the Royal Marines training. It's just, it's testing you in the harshest environments, the conditions, constantly trying to break you. Now, a lot of people realise it's not for them and they leave, but there's a select few that just keep going, will not give in because they've got that goal of the Green Beret in mind. And obviously I found out at such a young age, I had that within me. I was one of them people. So after Royal Marines training, I've then gone into my unit. I spent eight years in the Royal Marines. In 2003, I went to Iraq. I was part of the initial invasion of Iraq at 18 years old at this point. Wow. Coming back from Iraq, I've done another tour, some exercises, but I think a big life changing, defining moment was Afghanistan. So Afghanistan, 2006, 22 years old. You're such a boy, aren't you? You think you're so grown up at that age. I was there. I was fighting Taliban for six months. Wow. Literally life and death. Now, when you're in that kind of moment and that situation, thinking any moment could be your last, even trusting the man beside you with your life, it changes you as a person. So coming back from that environment, you're never the same. But what I learned from that was mental strength like no other. When you say you're never the same, Charlie, what do you mean? you just you see things in a different way so when I've come back from Afghanistan this is where I say prisons helped me be who I am today because when I come back from Afghanistan I was constantly chasing a high the adrenaline that fast whether it was a close protection or it was everything the best I remember I bought a motorbike I couldn't ride it properly but it was that life or death experience nearly coming off the bike on the roads and I was chasing that adrenaline that high and then when I left I've gone into close protection, again, super rich, super famous, them highs, the billionaires, the super yachts, that extravagant lifestyle. Then when I've left that and gone to Ibiza, do you know what's the only time in my life that I've not trained or I've not done fitness and the wheels fell off? I've gone to Ibiza, got caught up in everything there, didn't train. I was chasing the highs in a different way through, say, the recreational right. side. Okay, and, I can imagine um, that. But before we get to Ibiza though, Charlie, like, let's, so you did the military for eight years. Yeah. 
And then you went off to do close protection, right? And I've heard about some of the people that you were looking after. I mean, you were looking after Elton John. Is it the, the Countess in the Bahamas? Yeah, yeah. So when, when so basically, I'd done four summers in the south of France with Elton John. And uh, I'd done tours with him. I'd done concerts. I'd done so many gigs in the UK. And uh, the south of France was amazing. Living with him and David and then the children, it was, honest, it was amazing. They were great people. And... Um, from there, I just, my level of security that I was at, I was looking after one of the richest families in the world. Basically, they would fly me out to the Caribbean or the south of France, wow. on board their super yacht, and then I would facilitate the safety of their holiday or their stay somewhere, and then I'd fly back. And then another guy, he was, he was worth over 10 billion. He'd fly me out to the Caribbean. I'd run his security detail on board his ship, traveling around, doing all the places, integrated with the family, and then fly home. That was like a whirlwind experience. How did you get into those circles, Charlie, from the, from the Marines? How did you get into those circles? How did that come about? So security from the Marines, it's like a natural progression. So I was at a crossroads after Afghanistan. It was either get super keen and go special forces. And a lot of my friends did. And a lot of friends are still in. Or go to Iraq. The Iraq was big at the time and people weren't a lot of money doing a close protection in Iraq. So I left, done my courses. I went out to Baghdad and I was doing close protection out there. But then I was doing the maritime as well. Do you know when he was taking the super yachts through like the Indian Ocean, the anti-piracy stuff. And then I got an offer from a company of run by ex-special forces guys. And it was to take Emma Watson, the Harry Potter stars to Bangladesh. And I thought, okay, I can change here. I can give up the hostile life and I can go down the, the celebrity and a little bit easier lifestyle, but the money was a lot better. So um, I went to Bangladesh with Emma Watson for 10 days, had an amazing trip. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so then off the back of that, I then went with Daniel Ratcliffe to Russia a month after. I was with him for, say, just over a week. And then from there, the company I was with, it was run by our special forces. So they was in with like the, the elite, if you like. And then it just progressed. I got put on one family, done really well, got a really good reputation for myself. Then I got put onto another family. I was running two families at the same time on their holidays and trips. And then I'd say the pinnacle of my career and one of my other big mistakes was leaving this client was the Countess. I was living in the Bahamas. Her fellow had a private island. We would fly around the world on private jets. And it would just be me and her flying around the world, living this extravagant lifestyle. And it was amazing. And she trusted me with her life. I was integrated with the family, the kids. And my biggest mistake, apart from the collecting of the drugs, was leaving that client to go to Ibiza. That was my mistake. And that, do you know when you'd sometimes you ignore your gut and you knew it was wrong? That was my mistake right there. So go and talk to us about that, Charlie. What made you leave that client and go to Ibiza then? Basically, I, I can't blame the ex-girlfriend because it was my decision, but I was at a crossroads. I'd been, I was with this girl and I had this client at the same time. Now, I was always trying to say, play the, the client down or the, the lifestyle down as such because I, I didn't feel like I could fully enjoy it in front of her because I felt a bit guilty. Now, that's my, that's, that's my feelings. That's, that's nothing on her. That was just my choice to, to feel like that. So I decided to take a summer break to try and keep my relationship happy. Now, Deep down, I knew that was wrong. I didn't need a summer break. I'd been to Ibiza four times the year before. I'd just been on holiday to Miami, um, Amsterdam and Paris. I didn't need to take a summer break. My lifestyle, I was traveling all, of, all the world all the time. Anyway, I've gone to Ibiza for the summer. And when I've got there, I just knew in my heart it was wrong. That was, that was a bad decision. You shouldn't have left that client. Do you know what I mean? I was flying. I'd got to the pinnacle of close protection. This is what, I've, what I wanted. This is what I've attracted. This is what I believed in. And yeah, then I'm in, now I found myself in Ibiza, surrounded by drugs and partying for four months. What happened? How did it spiral out of control? So this is what people can't put together. Going from 
the path I was on to the path that I went down, it doesn't go, it doesn't match. But I've gone to Ibiza and I got caught up in the partying. Like I said, I wasn't training. Training's always been what's kept me grounded, kept me focused. It's always been my medicine, my escapism, that release. I've not had that in my life. So now I'm turning to the drugs and partying. Now, I knew that it was wrong what I was doing and I was trying to shut out reality. Didn't want to face the, what was really going on. I didn't want to face the regret of the client I've just left and thinking, wow, I, I mean, what are you doing? So I was ignoring all them thoughts and feelings and it ju I just got deeper. It went darker. I got more low. I got more down to the point of where I've come back from Ibiza and I felt lost. One time I felt lost. I've gone from this bodyguard, high profile clients to I've come back a shadow of myself with my mindset was just wrong. My perception, everything had just gone. And like I said, I was vulnerable at that time, which probably is the only time I've ever really seen myself as a vulnerable person in that position. And I made that mistake. But it's funny when you say about that voice, everything inside me was telling me not to do it. I was seeing signs, warning signs that I didn't realize until I was in my cell and it all, everything just came flashing before me and saying, look, you shouldn't have done what you've done anyway. So I was seeing all the warning signs, everything was going wrong, telling me not to do it. But I always say, when you think, fuck it, just do it anyway, that's when things go wrong. Do you know what I mean? I didn't have no plan. I was just acting, just, it was reckless. What I'd done was reckless. And do you know when you say that in a voice, that's one thing I've learned while it's been inside. It's been able to master that thinking. So anytime you get that negative self-doubt or self-sabotage, is learning to recognize that, being aware of it, and then being able to control it and overcome that. That's one thing through prison that I've learned. It's been able to master that voice inside your head more than ever. Wow. So go and talk to us, Charlie. What actually happened and what was that moment then that sort of changed your life and what did you agree to do? So when I've gone inside, if I'd have tried to leave close protection and do what I'm doing now, I wouldn't have felt settled. I wouldn't have accepted it because I was still on that high and that traveling around. Going through what I've gone through, it's grounded me more than ever. It's learned me to accept normal life not chasing the highs. Like I'm grateful for my freedom. I'm grateful I can walk outside my door when I want to and someone's not locking it behind me. I didn't see a sunrise or sunset for five years. So when I see one now, it's a sign of freedom. Like I'm blessed. And then wow. finding that gratitude every morning. Do you know what's mad inside? Every single day I was positive. As in, I know it's a daunting, depressing ground and it's a breeding ground for negativity. However, I'd wake up in the morning and I've seen you do it too. You've got your morning routine. I think it's super important. Wake up in the morning, I have my morning routine. I'd exercise, I'd focus my mind and I'd train. Okay, forget the outside world. This is what you need to focus on. This is what you're doing today. And then we'll get through one day at a time, break it down into stages. Just like Royal Marine training, you break it down into stages, stage one, done, move on to the next. And that's the way I tackled my sentence and my prison sentence. Wow. So there must have been a moment. Was there not a moment when you got in there, Charlie, and you were just like, I'm going to be in here now for five years. There must have been that moment of realisation and, and, and sort of where it dawned on you that you're going to be in here for a very long time. Did that not take you to an all-time low or did you automatically just go into military mode? No. So there's two stages. When I was arrested and that's when the unknown, I was in Birmingham prison, the worst prison I've ever been to. I'd been to, like, I'd been to six. It was the worst one. What people don't know is I was smoking roll-ups for three months. I've got mad brown fingers when I got out. I got out on bail for eight months. That point there, I had no gym. We was on like 23-hour bang up every day. That not knowing, I was living with my thoughts of regret every single day. My ex-girlfriend was in a prison cell in another jail. Worse than anything, my family was going through it all. So you're beating yourself up every single day. That was the worst part. That was harder than receiving the 10 years. 
By the time it come to me getting the 10 years, I'd accepted it was going to happen anyway. I was mentally prepared. And as soon as I went into prison from that trial, day one, training, right? This is what you do. This is your time. You've got an end point now. We're going to do what we need to do to get through this as positive as we can. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. We're going to self-develop. And we're going to come out the other side. And you're not going to stop building until you get to where you need to be. So that was the mindset from the sentence. But initially, mate, that first time when I was remanded, that was the most traumatic, worst experience ever. And Charlie, what actually triggered you to make that poor decision in the first place? Was it money you were chasing? Was it, or was it just a, a moment of just stupidity? Do you know what, mate? Both. I was mm. earning with my clients previously a substantial amount of money each month. I was going on holidays all over the place. I was, I was getting really, really well paid. But at that time, because I come back and as I said, I still had a bad habit. I'd got asked to do something. And what people don't know as well, at the end of the summer in Ibiza, so this is the turning point. So I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. And obviously you attract things with your mindset and the visualization and things. I'd achieved everything that I'd set out to or my goals or what I'd visualized. Okay. I'd achieved all that. At the end of the summer in Ibiza, I was burgled. Everything that I'd paid for, for legitimate money, I had a Rolex, a laptop, an iPad, even I had 5,000 pound cash, legitimate money was all stolen. And do you know what was left? A scale and the drugs on the floor. Now that to me was a sign from the universe Okay, you want to get involved in that lifestyle? We'll take all your legitimate stuff you've asked for. We'll leave you with that. We don't want that. You keep wow. that. So from me seeing and realizing that, you just know, look, everything's took that you've gone legitimately. You want the bad lifestyle. There you go. And then when I've come back from that, like I said, I was still in that, that just that negative mindset and just in a hole. So listen, Charlie, you obviously, you hold your hands up. You made a bad mistake and, and you went to prison, but straight away, what I think is really inspiring is that is the moment that you just went into switch mode. Like a lot of people will either, like you said, fall into depression and not see a way out. Whereas with you, you use that moment to drive forward. And, and there's something that I can kind of relate to there. Obviously, probably not on the same scale, but there was a moment when I made this drunken mistake at um, a work event and it turned a lot of my team against me and I, and I nearly lost my business over it. And it was that moment that made me realize that I needed to make a big change. I could either sort of wallow in sort of despair yeah. or use yeah. that pain to drive forward. And what would be your advice to anyone who's going through a tough time now or he's beating himself up and made a big mistake? How can they use that pain to drive forward? What would be your coping mechanisms? So I just relate it to me personally. I'd always say, if you've made a mistake, the first thing to do is recognize it, own it. Like you did, you owned it and you had two choices. You could either bury your head in your hands and just shy away from it or you can face it own it and overcome it so for anyone who is struggling out there I'd always say recognize the mistake you've made own it and then just ask yourself right what can I learn from that mistake how can I grow from what I've learned in that mistake in that moment and then use that as a lesson as a driving force like I've used my mistake to drive me every single day to get up in the morning to want to inspire to help to motivate people through what I've gone through so people can be mentally strong and well equipped so like you say, Scott, everything I do through the training is to help people who are struggling. So if you're having a really bad day and you're feeling down and depressed, well, tell you what, I'll make you do a challenging workout. I'll motivate, I'll inspire. So when you come out of that workout, you're feeling more resilient, more mentally strong that the next time you're faced with a challenge, you're not going to give in or let things beat you. You're going to be ready and prepared. Mm, that's really interesting. And do you know what's mad as well, Charlie, is that a lot of the time, it's those moments that define us and make us who we are. And I feel like that passion, that sort of, inspiration that shines through in everything that you do it comes from that pain and that experience that you've been through and the growth that you sort of experience through going through it as well and 
If I was to ask you, Charlie, would you change your passport? Because this is something that Mo Gordat talks about where he says that a lot of people say that they wouldn't change those dark moments because it's made them who they are. What would you say to that? So I agree. I agree. Although I might think, oh, that was a bad mistake. Even though my mistake was one with severe consequences, if I changed it, would it have got me to where I am today? Or would it have took me on a different path? So essentially, I can't say that I would change it, mate, because I wouldn't be here speaking to you now. I'd be on a completely mm. different path with a different mindset. So no, I'll own my mistakes. I'll learn from them and I'll use it to strengthen me and to pave the way for a better future. Amazing, man. Yeah, listen, I can fully relate to that. And and you know what? Fair play. I want you to be living proof to anyone as well who kind of makes a mistake or gets tarred with a certain brush that look at the reformation, look at the person that you've become. You have paid your dues in abundance and you are now using your story to help inspire and motivate so many people. And you do it on a daily basis. You do it with me, you do it with our members, you do it with your members. Like, So talk about fitness and how you feel that like that's really important. Like you said before, it's your medicine, right? Fitness, training. If I'm having a bad day or a bad week, I, I just know I need to go and train because it's going to snap me out of it. Why does that do it for us? What, what is it about training and moving that motivates us, Charlie? I refer to when I was inside, I had nothing, but the best thing and the most thing I looked forward to most was training. So say if we got a gym session, everyone would run to the gym and they might do the weights and the lifting. Me, I'd do a circuit because I've got 45 minutes. I want maximum impact. I want to release them endorphins. I want to be sweating. I want to be dying. And I want to come back feeling, wow, that was a good workout because I'm going to be sat down for the rest of the day. So I just find that it's a great release. I mean, to be honest, Scott, that when we did that Trafford Centre thing, that was a very proud moment that we'd done that together because mm. from going training in a cell on my own to then doing lockdown on a drive to having your FOT and yourself and the community come together in a Trafford Centre on a stage. And I thought, wow, we're doing the training that I've been doing that's got me through those dark moments. We're in a Trafford we've got a DJ and everyone's doing it together. Things like that. Wow. It's amazing. Let's just talk about that. So you've gone from being on your own, training in a prison cell, to being live on stage at the Orient Traffic Centre, motivating, inspiring other people. If that's not a turnaround, and if that's not an epic story, I don't know what is, man. So fair play, because I remember you sending it to me saying, Scott, you've you've had this on your vision yeah. board, you've envisaged this for ages now, so. I always said when we was in lockdown, I was doing it on a drive. Basically, when lockdown hit, I just reverted to military and prison mode, training. We've got no gym, no problem. This is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do to help you. And then when we've done the FOT stuff and the collab together, as I said, that Trafford Centre was a pinnacle moment since I've been out. Massive turning point because just to stand on stage and both of us thinking, wow, look, you've brought all that together. I'm there together and we're collabing. We're making it happen. Amazing, man. Amazing. So what is, what is your mission now, Charlie? What's next for you? Like, what is the big vision for you? So big vision... Mate, I've got two years left on my license. <laughs> what that means for anyone who doesn't know is I'm on license for two years, so I can't travel. I'm still bound to certain conditions. So my goal is just to keep building, keep progressing, keep helping, keep inspiring. And what I want to do, mate, is pass my values and ethos and say principles through my training that I've learned from the military. Do you know what I mean? The determination, the teamwork, unselfishness, all of these values through the workouts and just just help people become mentally strong through fitness. And I'll just keep going until I can help inspire as many people as possible. That's interesting, Otai. Would you say to people that they, they need to be military-minded in order to achieve their goals? Because what I've found really interesting about you is that, for example, now you're training um, some of my members and, and some of my members are in the 60s and, and you're managing to bring out the best in them. With elements of like the military aspect, but 
Is that? Am I right in saying that it doesn't need to be like die, like a diehard mentality? Oh, of course, of course. It's just elements of it. Elements, There's elements of it. That, so yeah. what I don't want to do is scare anyone off thinking every session's <laughs> going to be like commando training. It's not that. What I try and say is. I'll make, say for your members, I mean, look at Karen, mate. She's amazing. She's flying. She's leading from the front. However, the militant style I'm trying to instill in her is self-confidence. Okay, you can't do a burpee. You can do this. Okay, you can't go for 30 seconds. Go for 20 seconds. It's that inner self-belief. And then the more workouts you do, the more resilient, the more mentally strong you become. And even though, so I'm saying the commando ethos, look, believe in yourself. You're strong mentally. You can do it. Don't give in. It's the not giving in and the taking part in the effort that means more to me than being able to how many you can do or how long you can go for. And that's the militant style that I try and bring to the training. So it's mental strength, isn't it? It's always mental strength for me. But the mental strength is linked so much with the physical strength as well, because you get the physical strength through the mental strength. So I think that's a, a massive sort of focus on the work that you do. And I think that's something that shines through in everything that you do as well. Um, but you've got, am I right in thinking you've got a book coming out soon? Yeah. So for the last two years, I've been on a, on a book project. Um, I was actually in the studio last week. Uh, we're doing audio first. So we're bringing the words to life. Now, it's not what you're expecting. I will say it's gritty, dark and glamorous. So I know we've touched on a few subjects, but this is going to delve deeper into the lifestyle of, say, Afghanistan and how tough Afghanistan was and the fight and then the close protection, living and operating amongst them and then prison and going down the stairs and then day-to-day life in jail and then how... Because we were still together in our relationship at the time, me and my girlfriend through prison. And we did split at the end, but how we managed to make that work and just giving people an insight to everything of all three different epochs. Wow, amazing. Through everything you've been through, what would you say to someone right now who needs that sort of motivation and inspiration from someone like you, what would you say your biggest life lesson? It's a tough one because my biggest life lesson was a mistake that I made, but I'm not going to say to everyone, you need to make a huge mistake to learn a lesson. I would just say to people out there that do not compare yourself to other people because that's rife today and it really holds people back. Be proud of who you are, maybe where you've got to or what you've achieved today because you can always find things to be proud of. And obviously practice gratitude. So be grateful for little things you have because remember in lockdown, we lost everything. Everyone was saying, I wish I had this, this and this. We've all got it back now. And a lot of people have lost that level of appreciation again. So I just want people to just realize how grateful they are on a day-to-day basis for the little things. Give yourself gratitude. Mm. Think positive over negative. Adopt that positive mindset. Whenever you feel self-doubt or negativity creeping in, recognize it, overcome it with positivity. And I think something you mentioned earlier as well about your appreciation now for sunsets and sunrises because you never got to see them uh, for five years. And and sometimes we do take the little things for granted, but it's those simple things that are the most beautiful. And I think one thing that I'm really taking from this podcast today, Charlie, is that voice that you talked about, the voice that was guiding you in the first place and the voice that you chose to ignore. Yeah. And I think a lot of us sometimes, we know in our gut what the right decision is. We know we can hear that little voice within inside us as well, which is driving us towards the right decisions And I think sometimes we are so busy and wrapped up in our crazy, hectic lives that we stop to sort of reflect and look inwards and what we actually want and what makes us happy. And I think that's a really sort of important takeaway from today is like, stop looking out there for all the answers. Exactly. Sometimes the answers are just within. A lot of people are on autopilot and they don't recognize their thinking or how self-destructive they are, or they look for that external happiness to fix what's inside. So yeah, I agree totally with you. The internal voice. Amazing. Listen, Charlie, honestly, I feel like I've learned so much from today. What an incredible story. And I want you to sort of be 
the shining light for anyone who feels like they've made a mistake that they can't overcome. Like you can overcome things. You can use those mistakes and that pain to drive you forwards and achieve great things. And I'm looking forward to being on this journey with you now on Food for Thoughts and everything that's to come and um, building the Commando Charlie brand, man, because I think that you deserve it. You're an incredible guy. So thank you so much. Amazing. Thank you so much. And this is the first time I've spoke openly about these kind of conver- like these uh, topics or subjects so far. So thank you for having me. Wow. So respect to you, man. But honestly, you will have helped so many people today. And um, I respect your honesty. And I've learned a lot from you. So fair play, mate. Top man. Okay, mate. Thank you. Cheers, Scott. Wow. What an episode of Learning As I Go. I learned so much from Commando Charlie. And what a story. He's proof that no matter how dark a moment can be, you really can find that growth and development to move forward. So, Charlie, thank you so much for joining me. But next week, guys, we are going to be joined by the main man, Kevin O'Neill from Revolution. Kevin's going to teach us all about the importance of breathing and cold water therapy. Two or three minutes ago, you were ready to quit. Everything was on top of you in the world. Your, your mind said you need to get out. When they finished their breath meditation, three minutes passes and you feel safe and you're smiling and you're laughing and you're swimming about enjoying yourself. Make sure you please rate, review and follow. It really does make a difference and it means a lot to me. But also drop me a DM on Instagram at scott.thomas and share any sort of lessons you've learned from the podcast or anything you just want to share with me. Thank you so much, guys, and I look forward to seeing you next week for some more life lessons.